This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 118 of the Catholic Foodie, Shrimp, It's the Fruit of the Sea. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today I'm coming to you from Perdido Key, Florida, so it's no wonder that we'll be talking shrimp today. I'm telling you, there ain't nothing like some good boy shrimp. <laughs> it's like uh, Bubba says on Forrest Gump, shrimp, it's the fruit of the sea. And we stopped at our favorite place uh, the other evening to sip on a cold beer and to eat some steaming hot ruby reds. I'll tell you all about it in this episode. Also, on the menu today, we're going to talk about different kinds of shrimp, particularly the difference between regular gulf shrimp and ruby reds. Also, we have Bloody Marys on the menu, so stay tuned right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. That's right. I'm coming to you live from the beach. I'm not actually sitting on the beach right now. I'm uh, up in the condo, but the window is open. You may hear the surf crash uh, in the background. You may also hear my kids yell and scream at some point, but uh, just just, just disregard that. (laughs) Anyway, as we begin this episode, I want to thank our sponsor, DivineOffice.org. You will find all things Liturgy of the Hours at DivineOffice.org. Of course, the Liturgy of the Hours is the official prayer of the Church, and it is prayed several times a day by priests, religious, and laity all around the world. It is a treasure trove of grace and a rich education in prayer. If you have never prayed the Liturgy of the Hours, I encourage you to give it a try. And DivineOffice.org makes it very easy to do so. You will find the hours available there in text format and also in audio. You can subscribe to the podcast version or download the iPhone or iPad app. And now there are apps for your Android and Nokia. There's even an app for your iMac or MacBook. But the most important thing that you will find at divineoffice.org is a living community of prayer. So come join us in prayer at divineoffice.org. Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan-fried, deep-fried, stir-fried, there's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's that's about it. (laughs) He kind of runs the gamut there, doesn't he? Uh, tries to get all that in there. Boy, shrimp is some good eats for sure. And, uh, you know, we're, we had some shrimp this week so far. That's one of the reasons why uh, this, this show is about shrimp today. As I said, we're coming to you from the beach right now, Perdido Key, Florida. Uh, we come down here a couple times a year, and we just love it. You know, we just absolutely love it here. You know, we have a tradition that we keep on our way down to Perdido. We usually stop by a restaurant called the Gulf Shores Steamer. Now, if you're not familiar with Perdido Key, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's, um, it's on the Florida side of the Florida-Alabama border. It's on the coast, and uh, you may have heard of a pretty famous beachside bar, which is really just a dive, uh, called the Florabama. Uh, the Florabama basically sits on the border between the two states, although it's actually on the Alabama side, uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, to be specific. Uh, so you have Gulf Shores on one side of the state line, and then you have Perdido Key on the other. Uh, very neat, because you've got the Gulf right there. It's, it's, it's almost, uh, it, I guess they call it a key because it's divided between the bay. There's a bay, 
and uh, the Gulf. So you had this stretch of land going between the state line and Pensacola. It's sort of separated. It's, it's got the, um, well, it's, it's isolated <laughs> between, um, it? it's connected by bridges, basically. So anyway, that is Perdido Key. So, uh, you know, we drive through Gulf Shores to get to Perdido every year. And in Gulf Shores, uh, they have this restaurant, right, Gulf Shores Steamer. It's on the way. And that place is all about steamed seafood. No fryers on the premises at all. And that means if you want French fries, you're out of luck. <laughs> but if you want some delicious steamed or boiled shrimp, Ruby Reds to be specific, then you are definitely in the right place. Here's a short excerpt excerpt from their website, uh, gulfshoresteamer.com. It says, come to Gulf Shores Steamer for the best steamed seafood in town. Voted a top three restaurant in Southern Living, a top 20 seafood restaurant in Coastal Living, best place to eat in Gulf Shores in the Houston Chronicle, and a best place to eat in USA Today. We're also the only steamed seafood house in Gulf Shores voted Heart Smart by Pensacola's Sacred Heart Hospital. We feature an excellent selection of steamed seafood, including royal red shrimp, Alaskan snow crab legs, uh, several varieties of fresh fish daily, and much more. Families love our large combination platters, and golfers go for the buckets of shrimp and pitchers of beer. Dine on our, our breezy deck or inside our cozy little rooms. We invite you to join us anytime for great food and good times. Sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a golfer, but I really do dig those uh, buckets of shrimp and uh, pitchers of beer. Now, you know, I have to tell you, we encountered a bit of confusion on our way down because uh, the restaurant has moved since we were last here. Uh, it used to be about 15, 20 minutes away from Perdido on the Alabama side, but now it's less than five minutes away. So, uh, hey, lucky us. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. We had to kind of find it first. We didn't know exactly where we were going. But, uh, you know, we love the buckets of Ruby Reds, also called Royal Reds. And if you've noticed, I've mentioned Ruby Reds several times now, and you might be wondering, what is he talking about? You know, I consider myself very blessed to live in South Louisiana. I love seafood, and South Louisiana could be called the seafood capital of the world. I mean, there's water everywhere. Of course, we're at the top of the Gulf of Mexico, but... There are also tons of rivers and lakes and swamps and marshes all over South Louisiana. Our saltwater seafood comes from, from the Gulf, from the Gulf of Mexico, and that's why the oil spill was so bad for us. You know, seafood is big business down here. And when it comes to shrimp, there are different, uh, or there's definitely plenty of shrimp at home for sure, but there are different kinds of shrimp. You know, most usually, you're going to find uh, regular, what I'm calling, regular gulf shrimp. And, uh, you know, those are, those are not the only kind of shrimp, but that's normally what we would find in all of our dishes and uh, shrimp po'boys and all that back home. Uh, what I'm calling, I don't know if there's another word for it, but just regular gulf shrimp. Now, you know, Char's uncle loves uh, river shrimp, and those are, are freshwater shrimp, very tasty, very tasty, but they're typically a little smaller than your gulf Shrimp. Now, those are not the only two kinds of shrimp, of course. Uh, there's a special kind of shrimp that you can get really only in certain places. And royal reds or ruby reds uh, are one such special kind of shrimp, and you can get them here at the beach, right? Gulf Shores and in Perdido, and I'm sure in other places along the coast here. But 
what makes them so special? I mean, in addition to the fact that you can only get them around here, a couple of things. First of all, when you look at these shrimp, you're going to notice that they're red or a reddish color, and that's both when they're raw and when they're cooked. They've just got a reddish uh, hue to them. And another thing that makes them special is that they have a taste and texture very similar to a lobster. And they're delicious. I'm telling you, they're delicious. They tend to be pretty pretty big. Uh, you can get larger shrimp, uh, bigger shrimp, uh, ruby reds, but they, they just, they're really, really good. And they taste like lobster. When you go to um, Gulf Shore Steamer or any other places around here and you order the, um, the ruby reds, they're going to serve it with, because, I mean, normally... When, when we're at home, if we're going to get shrimp out and we're going to get boiled shrimp, for instance, or shrimp cocktail or something like that, of course, it comes with a cocktail sauce, and oftentimes that's what you get, a cocktail sauce, which is uh, basically ketchup and horseradish and maybe some hot sauce and things like that um, mixed together into a, into a cocktail sauce. Well, here, when they bring these ruby reds to the table, they bring drawn butter because that's what you would eat lobster with, right? And these ruby reds... Royal Reds, they're very much like lobsters. So, ooh-wee, boy, you talk about good eats for sure. Uh, now, of course, with the steamed to boil shrimp come corn and potatoes. So we get a bucket of shrimp. Guess what? They got corn and potatoes. Sounds kind of like a crawfish boil, doesn't it? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, of course, you have to have some spicy cocktail sauce for dipping, which I did. I had that in addition to the drawn butter and kind of alternated a bit for uh, for different uh, different tastes and you need plenty of paper towels i'm telling you you know eating shrimp like this is messy business matter of fact the first uh thing out of my mouth after eating one or two of those hot and juicy shrimp the other night was a question i looked at charna said yeah with a kind of a mixture of fear and and hope i said you can get this out of my shirt can't you because <laughs> i sprayed myself with shrimp juice just all over when I peeled the first one. So uh, <laughs> I went downhill after that. I just got all messy. Uh, so yeah, you need paper towels for sure. And you know, in addition to the yummy steamed shrimp, we had another great treat too. Big D was with us, you know, our good friend and Christopher's godfather, Dwayne DeRoche, who is known affectionately at our house as Big D. He came down to the beach with us for a few days and it was just great to have him with us. We had a great time. Unfortunately, he had to leave a little early to go back to work, but it was a huge blessing to spend those few days with him here at the beach. So, Big D, if you're listening, we miss you, man. We miss you. Hope you're doing well. Now, before we move on to the next segment, I want to share with you an audio clip about shrimp. You know, the classic recipe for steamed or boiled shrimp comes from the back of the can of Old Bay seasoning, believe it or not. And I was delighted to discover that Old Bay has short video instructions on their website, oldbay.com. And I want to play that clip for you. Now, the reason this came up is because as um, I was tweeting and Facebooking about uh, those delicious shrimp we had the other day, my mom texts me and says, hey, you know, how do you, how, how would you boil shrimp? And I said, well, I would just look at the back of an Old Bay can. <laughs> Because that's the classic way to do it. It's a great recipe. And, of course, Old Bay. Old Bay is not something that's it's not really a southern thing necessarily. Uh, you get that up north too, and it's, it's just available everywhere. So, and good, good stuff. Uh, so, what I want to do is play this clip for you because it's uh, kind of a promo, I guess, for them. But it's also just really good. So, take a listen. 
favorite recipes. It's fast, easy, and delicious. And when I'm talking fast, I'm talking 15 minutes fast. And when we're done, we'll have endless serving options. So let's steam some shrimp. We're going to start off with a half a cup of water, a half a cup of white vinegar, and for that flavor we all love, we're going to place two tablespoons of Old Bay seasoning into the pot. We're just going to turn on the heat to high, and we're going to bring this to a boil. Now that the water is boiling, it's time to add our shrimp. We've got a pound of shrimp here, which should feed about four people. Put it in gently, because you don't want to burn yourself. There we go. So I'm just going to give it a quick stir to get all the seasonings up. Cover it. And let it steam for about three to five minutes or until the shrimp are bright pink. So let's check on our shrimp. They look great. And there you have it. Perfectly steamed shrimp, fast, easy, and delicious. Okay, we're just going to pour the freshly steamed shrimp into the colander. Wait till it's cool to the touch, and then we have the perfect peel-and-eat treat. And there you have it. Fast, easy, and delicious. My family and friends love it. So the next time you can't think of what to make for dinner, just toss them on top of a salad, maybe throw some in with some pasta. It's delicious. And if you can't remember the recipe, just look on the back of Old Bay Seasoning. It's been there as long as I can remember. I don't really drink, you know. Of course you don't. I wouldn't either if I was drinking that. But you would have to be an idiot of elephantine proportions not to appreciate this 61 Chateau de la Tour. And you, Monsieur Linguini, are no idiot. <laughs> Let us toast your non-idiocy. If you listened to last episode, you heard me talk about an incredible Bloody Mary that I had just last week in New Orleans. It was the best Bloody Mary that I have ever had. Actually, it was called the Lightning Mary, and it had, uh, and I, I had it at the Green Goddess restaurant in New Orleans. You know, the folks at Green Goddess roast their own heirloom tomatoes to make the mix. It was insanely good. And after enjoying the, that Bloody Mary, I found, uh, I found myself on something of a Bloody Mary kick now. And, uh, you know, I shared my recipe for Bloody Marys over at CatholicDrinky.com. That's uh, Sarah Vabulous, known as the Catholic Drinky. Got a blog over there at CatholicDrinky.com. I shared my recipe for Bloody Marys over there about a year ago. You can find it at CatholicDrinky.com slash Bloody Mary. So, yes, I do enjoy making them myself, but sometimes I'm satisfied with a good bottle of mix. And there are a few brands that I prefer, and I thought that I would share those with you today. You know, the first is called Zing Zang. It's an award-winning concoction that was developed in 1996. So, you know, what makes Zing Zang so good? Well, it's made up of about 85% vegetable juice. I should say juices because it's the juice from 14 different vegetables. There's uh, 9% spices, so it's kind of fiery hot and good. 
and uh, it just has a great taste. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the reasons why I like it so much is because it has a good tang to it, right? Lemon is important, and even when I use a mix, any mix, I always garnish with a squeeze of lemon and a squeeze of lime. You, you can find out more about Zing Zang by visiting zingzangcom.easystorecreator.com. Strange URL address, true, but they do have some good information there as well as some recipes. Another Bloody Mary mix that I like is made by Tabasco. It comes in two potencies, <laughs> mildly seasoned and extra spicy. I guess it comes as no surprise to hear that I prefer the extra spicy. Hmm? Now again, just like the Zing Zang, in addition to the kick, it also has that tang, and I just gotta love that. Of course, Tabasco is a Louisiana standard. They've been making the world-famous Tabasco brand pepper sauce on Avery Island since 1868. Now, here's how the website describes their two versions. It says, Tabasco brand mildly seasoned Bloody Mary mix is great tasting, spirited or straight, and it's the only Bloody Mary mix with a distinctive kick of original Tabasco brand pepper sauce. Fashioned after the original Bloody Mary recipe created at Harry's New York Bar in Paris, it's made from all natural ingredients. Lime juice, Liam Perrin's Wishershire sauce, extra thick concentrated tomato juice, and original Tabasco sauce. Tabasco brand extra spicy Bloody Mary mix adds horseradish, lemon juice, and more original Tabasco sauce for a stronger kick. Now, this non-alcoholic mix makes the quintessential Bloody Mary, or you can drink it as is for a healthy morning breakfast drink. Start with the following classic recipes, or try adding special touches like a quarter cup of soy sauce, a teaspoon of ground ginger, or a tablespoon of chopped fresh dill. Cheers. So that's from uh, Tabasco's site, Sounds good, doesn't it? Uh, for a while, you know, whenever, whenever we picked up Bloody Mary mix, this is the one that Char and I would get. We'd get the extra spicy Tabasco brand. Very, very good. Now, here's something interesting. You know, while perusing Tabasco's site earlier, I discovered the story of how the Bloody Mary came about. Have you ever heard that story? I mean, I, I read it. I was fascinated by it. So I want to share it with you right here. And this comes from Tabasco's site. Let me pull this up real quick. Here it is. When a bartender at Harry's New York bar in Paris mixed equal parts tomato juice and vodka, he had no idea his concoction would become world famous. According to the bartender, one of the boys uh, suggested we call the drink Bloody Mary because it reminded him of the Bucket of Blood Club in Chicago and a girl there named Mary. In 1934, when the bartender made his way to the United States and to the King Cole Bar, at the St. Regis in New York, he brought the recipe with him. The hotel tried to change the name to Red Snapper, but it didn't stick. Sophisticated New Yorkers felt the drink was too bland and requested more spice. The recipe then evolved to include black pepper, cayenne pepper, Worcestershire sauce, lemon, and a generous, generous splash of original Tabasco brand pepper sauce. For patrons who liked it, even more spirited... <laughs> <laughs> Thus, an American classic was born. In 1972, McElhenney Company introduced Tabasco brand Bloody Mary mix. Wow, that was 1972. That's amazing. Not the first mix by any means, but one true to the original recipe. Uh, a spicier, a spicier, spicier version 
was added later. Now, the mixes, which come in 10-ounce and 32-ounce glass bottles, have no preservatives, stabilizers, or extraneous flavorings, just the fresh essentials. Tabasco brand Bloody Mary mix, red and white label, contain only fresh frozen lime juice, Lian Perrin's Worcestershire sauce, extra thick concentrated tomato juice, and original Tabasco sauce. And this is kind of a repeat of what... Um, of what uh, I read earlier. Now it also says you can garnish, and I love these things, you can garnish it with a spicy green bean. These are just pickled green beans that are, um, well, they're just very spicy. So this is sort of a um, uh, history, I guess, of the Bloody Mary over at uh, Tabasco's site, which you'll find at tabasco.com. Very interesting stuff. I never knew some of that. That's really cool. And finally, here is the last Bloody Mary mix I will share with you today. It's Whiskey Willie's Extreme with Extra Everything Bloody Mary mix. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, again, once again, I guess it's the spice and the tang. You know, have you noticed a trend here with me? You know, Whiskey Willie's is what I have been drinking here at the beach, and for good reason. Listen to the story of its beginnings back in 1985. It's a local thing around here, and uh, here's what they detail over at Whiskey Willie's Facebook page. They try to give you a little history there, and uh, it is very local. You know, it says that in 1985, Willie Gray was a bartender at Cotton's Restaurant. Cotton's is just right down the road here. Uh, a little place in the coastal resort town of Orange Beach, Alabama. While working there, he began to perfect his own idea of how a good Bloody Mary should taste. To do this, he tried different ingredients and concoctions in hopes of stumbling upon a unique blend after experimenting with horseradish and pickle juice and dill weed and more, he mastered his own special mix. At first, bottling and delivering the new product involved long and tedious work. He filled each bottle by hand with a funnel and twisted the cap with a pair of pliers. He did all this in Cotton's kitchen, but then, but even equipped with a, a capable workspace, it took 14 hours to make 14 cases. Golly. That's a long time. Before long, grocery chains and restaurants across the nation were calling for his spectacular mix. He couldn't produce enough to satisfy the erupting demand, and financed by the sale of his precious babe youth uniform, <laughs> he moved production to a larger bottling plant in 1995. From there, his reach was national. He stepped into the unknown, daring to challenge the other big-name brands with his own humble concoction. Soon he was supplying people across the United States with the savory punch of Whiskey Willie's Bloody Marys. His only mission became simple, to provide people everywhere with a chance to experience the taste of a true Bloody Mary. So there you have it, three Bloody Mary mixes that I am happy to recommend to you. Notice I did not say anything about the vodka. Well, you know, that part is up to you. Of course, I always recommend going with the best you can get. You know, friends, don't let friends drink cheap liquor. It just hurts too much. Doesn't taste good either. But how about you? Do you have a favorite Bloody Mary mix that I did not talk about today? I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call on the voice feedback line, 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or send me an email at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it?
Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I just have a couple of things I want to share with you before we close out. You know, first of all, I want to remind you that the CNMC is quickly approaching. It will be here before you know it, September 30th and October 1st. Dr. Paul Camerata of the Saint Cast has put together a great promo for the Catholic New Media Conference for SQPN. Let's take a listen. This is Archbishop Joseph Nauman of the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas, and I look forward to welcoming you here in Kansas City for the Catholic New Media Conference on October the 1st, 2011. Join us October 1st for the fourth annual Catholic New Media Conference. The CNMC is a festive, educational, and international conference focused on evangelization and building community through the use of new media. This year's CNMC will focus particularly on social media and how the church and its institutions can effectively use it. Beginning with hands-on workshops on Friday, September 30th, and continuing with the main program on Saturday with Vatican Radio's Sean Patrick Lovett, the nun blogger Sister Ann Flanagan, Catholic mom Lisa Hendy, and popular Catholic bloggers and podcasters, it'll be a weekend to remember. Details are available at cnmc.sqpn.com. Make sure you're going to Kansas City for the CNMC. The CNMC, the Catholic New Media Conference, register now. Now, for something a little geeky, Spotify. (laughs) Have you heard about it? Apparently, it has been all the rage around the world and just now rolling out in the United States. You have to have an invite to open up a new account and uh, to to use the service, but more about that in, in a minute. You know, what is Spotify? I've had people ask me that because I've been tweeting about it and Facebook and now Google+, which we'll get to in a bit, too. But, um, you know, what is Spotify? Well, it's kind of like iTunes on steroids. Imagine being able to access whatever song or album you want to listen to at any time. You know, Spotify doesn't have every song in creation. For example, I know that the, the Beatles did not sign, uh, did not release the rights to, to their music. Uh, but they do seem to have almost every song in creation. It's, it's really crazy. I mean, there's just so much there on Spotify. Now, once you set up an account, you search for songs, you can create playlists, much in the same way that you can on iTunes. But here's the beauty part. You don't have to buy the songs. You, you don't. You don't have to even download them, really. You know, there's, there's a free version of Spotify, uh, which, which does have some limitations. And there's also a premium version. The premium version is uh, $10 a month. And a premium, in this case, means unlimited. You know, there's, there's an app that you download for your desktop and also your mobile devices and you can use it freely on any of those platforms at any time, even at the same time. So Char can be listening to something uh, on, on the desktop and, and at home, right, in the bedroom, while I'm in the kitchen listening to something else on my iPhone while I'm cooking. You know, streaming music is really what we're talking about, but you can also sync songs uh, to your mobile device if you don't want to stream. And you can also sync your iTunes library. I mean, it's really Amazing. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, and I love it. As a matter of fact, I love it so much that I canceled my Sirius Satellite Radio account. You know, Sirius was more expensive and it had less features and flexibility. I mean, nothing like saving some money while advancing technologically at the same time, right? <laughs> you know, it took me about an hour uh, after I signed on uh, to Spotify. It took me about an hour to decide, oh, I've got to get the premium version. Just got to have it. And uh, I can listen to anything, any song, anytime I want. And un- unlike Sirius, with Sirius Satellite Radio, you, it's, it's, it's radio, right? They, they 
do their own programming and you just plug in and listen. Well, with Spotify, I do the programming. I listen to whatever I want to listen to whenever I want. So it's really, really kind of cool. Uh, so, you know, as I mentioned, Spotify is just now rolling out in the U.S. and it means that uh, they're limiting the number of people who can sign up. Uh, you need an invite to get in. And, uh, and guess what? I just happen to have an invite right here. <laughs> do you want it? Uh, you know, here's how I'm going to do this. Uh, I need to decide who I'm going to give this invite to, and I, I need some help. You know, I need for you to tell me how food meets faith in your life. I guess you could say this is sort of like a contest, right? I need to know how food meets faith in your life. And, uh, and, and so what I'll do is I will put your name in the hat when you call the feedback line to tell me how food meets faith in your life. All you have to do is call 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, and leave that message. That's it. That's all you got to do. Now, you can also email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I'll put your name in the hat for an email, too, uh, if you don't want to call. But I have to tell you, I love getting voice feedback. <laughs> it is great hearing your voice. So anyway, that's the deal. That's the contest. I guess we'll call it a contest. Uh, so pick up the phone and give me a call, 985-635-4974. How does food meet faith in your life? Now, we're running out of time this episode, so I'm not going to be able to tell you much or share much with you about Google+, Plus. Uh, but I will say that I'm really, really impressed with it so far. Not only that, I'm very impressed by the number of big-name social media guru people who are actually moving away from Facebook completely and going to Google+. Crazy. And I'd love to know your thoughts about this. If you're listening to this show, you, you very well may be uh, somewhat technologically geeky like I am and may have some thoughts there on Google+. And if you do, I would love to hear about it. Once again, you can give me a call at 985-635-4974 or shoot me an email at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Perhaps... We can explore the whole Google Plus thing a little bit more next episode. Don't forget to visit my good friends Kessie and Kobe Thomas over at simplicitiesoflife.com. Gorgeous rosaries, truly, they are objects of grace and beauty. Simplicitiesoflife.com. And until next time, bon appétit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.